And here we are with our Encounter with God section. And before we get into our Encounter with God section, we need to get into the quiz. Yeah. We just sort of made a bit of a start on our quiz and we need to get into it now and really get it happening. What's okay, what's so our quiz question? The, it's, a, it's a What City Am I quiz. Oh, it's one of, mm-hmm. one of two cities under the same name. And there's one of these cities in Pennsylvania as well. Really? Yes. I've okay. been there. Do you think you know what the answer is? Yeah. Oh, goodness, Lyle. Uh, by the way, if you have a quiz question, a Bible trivia question with which you can you think you can stump Lyle, give us a call. Stump Lyle. We'll send you a couple of prizes if you can stump him. 1-800-FAITH-FM. What city am I? The first clue was, out of this city came a ruler over Israel whose origins are from ancient times. And now for clue number two. Mary and Joseph returned to this city to register for the census. Okie doggy, you should get it from from clue number two. Mm, one hundred. And of course, him. the uh, prize for that one is the case for Christ. Well, a wonderful DVD, which is a clue in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, jump on our Facebook Faith FM Australia. You can text us zero four nine one zero six four six six nine if you know the answer, and uh, we will send that DVD. And of course, don't forget our Aboriginal Benefits Foundation, where we're raising money by having me cycle to school. So give us a call on one Cycle to school. Cycle to no. <laughs> They're doing work for school. You'll <laughs> be cycling to work. to work. This is kind of like school, you know? Yeah. Did I, you s- I learn lots of stuff when I come here. Did you have to cycle to school when you were a kid? No. I used to walk one mile. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not quite sure why we measured it. I think it was just exactly one mile. So we called it one mile to catch the school bus. Oh, okay. Every day. Oh. Up and down a mountainside. Oh, nice. You should have cycled. Yeah. You would have been in fit form for this cycling Yeah, but our mountain was too steep to ride the bike up, <laughs> and so we would have been able to ride down and then have to push it all the way home. And those kids would be like, yeah, nah, forget that. But once or twice, I, uh, when I was in primary school, I walked to school just for the heck of it. And, um, yeah, so it uh, was about, I think, was it um, six or seven Ks? Oh, wow. Okay. You wouldn't let your primary school kids do that these days, would yeah, you? Yeah, no, no way. But, of course, we grab out in the bush, so that's kind of, mm, you know. Not the cotton wool generation. What you do when you live in the bush, it's awesome. Okay, All so children let's should be raised in the bush. Really? Absolutely. It's not, the not best e- environment ever. Can they even visit the city? Yeah. Okay, fine. We need to talk about that some other time. Just to see how the bush is better than the Country city. living versus city living. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll have uh-huh. a big debate. Absolutely. And I will win. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our encounter with God, we're going back to the book of um, Galatians. Yes. And yesterday we covered uh, some definitions, which actually turned out to be a very beautiful study in and of itself. And I just wanted to rehash with you, Lyle, before you move on, mm-hmm. um, what those words were, those phrases, and briefly what they meant. So first one, justification. What did that mean? Justification. Just as if I had never done it. In other words, it's a legal it's a legal term where you are declared innocent. Righteousness. What does righteousness mean? Right doing. Doing the right thing. Living a right life. Living a life like Jesus would lived his life. Works of law. What does that mean? Works of law is a phrase that Paul uses to describe people who are doing the right things for the wrong reason. So they're doing the right things so that they can earn a place in heaven and in, ensure their place there rather than doing it because they have a place there. So the correct way is to, you know, we do right things because we are saved, not to get saved. Okay. And belief. What does belief mean? Belief, I think, is self-explanatory because this is something we do all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the world revolves around belief. Um, faith is the foundation of, of everything we do. Um, you know, when we go to pay something, you know, with our 
piece of plastic, buy some fuel at the servo. We believe that there's money in there, which is why we pumped the fuel in the first place. And the faith of Jesus. Okay, the faith of Jesus. There's two different uh, aspects to the faith of Jesus. There's the faith of Jesus and there's the faith in Jesus. And both of them are just as important as each other. We need to have faith in Jesus. We are justified by faith in Jesus. Jesus also has faith in us, which is why he gave his life for us. Therefore, we are justified by Jesus' faith in us as well. Wonderful. Okay, so let's move on. Mm-hmm. We've got that justification, righteousness, works of law, belief, and the faith of Jesus and faith in Jesus. Yes. Tick them all off the list. Okay. What's next? Okay, so our next passage is a troubling one. Would you like to read for us mm-hmm. this interesting verse? It's found in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 15. And tell me whether or not you think that Paul is being racist. Ooh, okay, all right, all right. Such a hot topic, Lyle. Galatians 2 verse 15. And of course, you might have a, an opinion on this as well. Don't, don't forget you can give us a call, 1-800-324-843. Or if you have a question for the question of the day, send us a text message, 0491 that Bible verse. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Okay. Does that sound racist to you? <laughs> yeah, that does sound a bit mean. It's almost like saying if you're born a Gentile, you are, you're just a sinner. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, uh, and so and Jews, Jews, are somehow Jews, are not, Jews are not sinners, but Gentiles are. Yeah, gen- if you're born Gentile, you're born a sinner. If you're born Jew, you're born, I don't know, a saint. And uh, in, in, in a slightly different translation here, it says, you and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like the Gentiles. That sounds really mean. <laughs> okay, so explain this one to us, Monica. Oh, okay. I think he, because I know that Paul's pretty clever, right? And yes, he was a lawyer. He's, yeah. And he's being his typical lawyerish self right here. Uh-huh. But he, he also is very famous for saying, you know, I'm all things to all kinds of people. So basically he's saying he, he can be a bit of a, a social chameleon and he's very apt at communicating with different groups of people. Mm-hmm. I think he's, I don't, don't want to say the words buttering up, but I think he's trying to speak directly to the Jews and he's trying to speak in a way they can understand. Okay, why then would he be speaking to Jewish people when he's writing a letter to Celtic people? I don't know. Mm-hmm. She's gone. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> no, I think I think there's a uh, I think there's an important reason for this because the Galatian church or the Celtic church at this particular time had a lot of Jewish influence, and it was the it was the Jewish oh. influence. And so Paul is writing to both sides here, and he's using language that is familiar with both. But I think. It goes deeper than this because of what it says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 and 29. You got those verses for us there? Galatians chapter 3. Verse 28 and 29. Verse 28 and 29. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, as according to the promise. Okay, so here Paul speaks about spiritual Israel. Now, we've talked about this before. Neither you nor I are literal descendants of Abraham that we know of. Mm-hmm. There's that possibility, but we don't know mm-hmm. uh, because we haven't done our family trees back that family far. trees back that mm-hmm. far, or one of those. You can do one of those um, DNA tests these yeah, days. Yeah, those twenty three and Me or something like that. Yeah, yeah I'd love to do one if someone wants to um, sponsor me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know the number to call. Uh, <laughs> but uh, as far as we know, neither of us are literal 
descendants of Abraham. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. But as followers of Jesus Christ, the Bible says that we are descendants of Abraham. Every single one of us are descendants of Abraham. And so if we are descendants of Abraham and we are spiritual Israel, then those who do not belong to Christ are spiritual Gentiles. Okay. And so then you have the righteous Mm -hmm. because you have those who have been made righteous by Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and you have uh, the sinners who have not accepted Christ and have not been made righteous by Jesus. Jesus Christ. So let me just get this right. So in the world today, we have people who are literal Jews mm-hmm, still. Mm-hmm. We have spiritual Jews. You and I, yeah. We have spiritual Gentiles. And then do we still have real Gentiles? I mean, if we have real yeah, you're Jews. you're a real Gentile. Yeah, if we have real Jews, we I'm must a real have real Gentile. Gentiles. So I'm a real Gentile, but a spiritual Jew. That's right. Yeah, now I have an identity crisis. I'm kidding. kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay. All right. Particularly as uh, you're you're all mixed up to begin with anyway, so you're, you know. Yeah, I know. Started in a different country, born in this country. (laughs) Multiple passports. I could be a spy. Who knows? Don't tell the Russians. I mean, what? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so... um, Where were we talking? Okay, so we're talking about spiritual Israel here, and we're talking about this passage where it sounds like Paul is being actually a little bit racist, but he's not. Because if you go on in the next verse, you put it in its context, mm-hmm. the next verse makes it very, very clear that uh, the Jewish the Jewish Christians, um, their spiritual privileges don't make them any more acceptable to God than anybody else. Would you like to read for us Galatians 2 mm-hmm. now and verse 16? Galatians 2 verse 16. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus, so that we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ Jesus and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Okay, so we there's a good thing we defined our... I know, we just used a whole bunch of them yeah, multiple right. times. All in that one verse right there. Uh-huh. And uh, justification and works of the law came up multiple times. Of course, here Paul contrasts uh, the literal Jewish mm-hmm. system, mm-hmm. which had lost its concept of grace. Okay. So grace is an Old Testament concept. The Jewish system had lost this concept of grace, and they found salvation through the works of the law. Okay, so you do this, and 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 you will be saved. I just want to ask a question, and I don't want to get you into too much hot water here, Lyle, mm. but <clears throat> this verse, it, it seems pretty clear to me that our works are not going to justify us at all. That's right. Paul's quite explicit about that. Yes, you can never do enough good things to be saved. So, so what is going on with the current literal Jews who still subscribe to, you know, all those ancient laws and rituals like have they yeah, not it's read interesting, it's interesting it's an interesting uh, passage because obviously yeah no they don't read um, the writings of Paul um, I was in Israel recently and you know talking to some Jewish people there and, and one of our tour guides he was expressing to me his frustration because he was like his, his view of it was the only way that you can keep all of the laws is from your first waking moment to your last waking moment all day long, every day, you've got to be thinking about keeping all of the laws. And he says, in his opinion, it was just impossible. 
Wow. And the sad thing was, of course, that because of the impossibleness of it, he'd walked away from it and he'd walked away from re- religion altogether. Do you think that might be, uh, I want to be very careful saying this, do you want to, do you think it might be almost like a, a tool, a, a trick of the devil? Because when you're so focused on not breaking the rules, you kind of lose focus of having any kind of relationship between you and God. Yes, I think that uh, it's, it's a very important point you've raised. Particularly, you know, we're talking about Jewish people here. Let's talk about Christians. Mm. And here's what you'll find amongst Christians. The moment that you lose your connection with Christ, your religion becomes legalistic. It becomes works of the law. It becomes a bunch of Because you are doing all of the same things that you were doing before. But if you don't have a connection with Christ, why are you doing them? What is your motivation for doing what you are doing? Your motivation for doing what you are doing goes from the fact that you have received salvation to your desire to be in heaven. And if you are doing what you are doing because you want to get to heaven, then that's works of the law. Okay. If you are doing what you are doing because you've received salvation, then that's salvation by grace. Okay. And now you just said something. Because that- all of us, let, let's face it. So, sorry, I should no, no, I go should on, go on, go right on. here. You know, um, works of the law and, and doing the right thing and obey, obedience have become somewhat dirty words amongst Christianity. Yeah, they certainly have. And that shouldn't be the case. Mm. We should be obedient. We should obey what God says. Mm-hmm. It all comes down to why we do that. Mm. That's the issue. You can have two Christians who are doing exactly the same thing. It has nothing to do with what you do as a Christian. It all comes down to why you do it. I mean, there's different Christians who do different things and live their lives in different ways and have different lifestyles. And sometimes I look at you know, a Christian and he's doing this and this and this and this and then think, that's so legalistic. But it may not be. Okay. Because it all comes down to motivation. The difference between works and grace is motivation. Why are you doing what you do? And it might serve as well to actually have some introspect and to sit down and self-examine why we're doing what we're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I do want to quickly jump back because you said something that piqued my interest momentarily there. Mm-hmm. You said that Jews don't regard the writings of Paul. No, that's right. They don't, they don't have the New Testament because um, Jewish people in rejecting Jesus as the Messiah, um, they have what we call the Old Testament, mm-hmm. uh, which is what they call the law, um, or particularly the books of Moses, which are referred to as the law. And so the Jewish faith is based on the Old Testament. Um, the Christian faith is based on both the Old and the New Testament equally together. Oh, okay. So they don't read the New Testament at all? No, because for a Jewish person, Jesus Christ was an imposter. So the, the, the Jews that we read about in the New Testament, the ones that are, are attacking... Jewish Christians. Yeah. So, and, okay, and so that's still sort of carried on. They still don't like Paul, they don't believe Paul. They No, the Jewish Christians continued on and became you know obviously Christians and they read you know the New Testament and the writings of Paul and uh, we have many Jewish Christians still today okay um, and you know I know a whole bunch of Jewish Christians as well and so you have Jews who are Jews by nationality and religion and then you have Jews who are Jews by nationality but are then Christian by religion so not only do we have the literal and the spiritual we also have Jewish Christians another party yeah that's right oh, another another player on this game absolutely Wow, I learned something new every day from you, Lyle. And here's some interesting history, mm. because I love history. Historically, in the first century or so of Christianity, Christianity was not seen as a separate religion. It was seen as a form of Judaism. Oh. Yeah. And so when people became Christians, everybody thought, oh, they became Jews. 
They became Jews. Okay. And then the Jews rebelled against Rome, and so Jews became public enemy number one, which made Christians public enemy number one by default. Mm. So then you had a whole bunch of Christians that were trying to look anything but Jewish. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be listening to Malvina's Spirit of the Living God, and we'll be right back after this song with more about this wonderful Bible study. Stay tuned. Venus, Spirit of the Living God, here on Faith FM, and we are in the middle of the book of Galatians, and we've been digging into Paul's, as Peter said, difficult things that he says. Mm, yeah, slightly um, 
scandalous things he sometimes says. Okay, so here's an interesting thought for you, Monica. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Paul here and he talks about salvation by grace and he talks about works of the law and how the Jewish people are under works of the law um, and finding salvation through works of the law and Christian people are uh, finding salvation through grace. Mm-hmm. Does that then mean that God has two different standards of salvation? Oh, okay, man, so we're, we're really Jewish people. Yeah. Were Jewish people in Old Testament times saved by works, and are we now saved by grace? Like, was there two different rulers that we were being measured by, so to speak? Yeah, 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 exactly. So, when you get to heaven and you sit down with, uh, say, for instance, King David, uh-huh. and you say, "Oh, David, how did you get to heaven?" And David's like, oh, "By works of the law, of course." And David says to you, "How did you get here?" And you said, "Well, I got here by grace." Hmm, well, it does kind of sound that way, but then if God doesn't change, why would it have changed? And then is it possible that it didn't actually change, people just didn't understand it? I don't know. I think it's a really important subject that we need to look into because it it's a subject that involves the character of God. Yeah, yeah. Because if God has two different standards of salvation and one of those standards is obviously impossible, Mm-hmm. In other words, works of the law, mm-hmm. then we've got all kinds of trouble. You know, we've got we're serving a God who flips and flops and is like, yeah, well, that didn't work, and now I can't save those people, so I'll save these people. Yeah. you know, when it comes to the subject of the Sabbath, people are like, oh yeah, that was just for the for the Jewish people, for instance. Only the Jewish people had to keep that because you know that was that's the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were nailed to the cross. Um, and so therefore people in the Old Testament had to keep the Ten Commandments and people in the New, well, they're just under grace. And so we can talk to King David and say, how did you get to heaven? He said, well, I got to heaven by keeping the Ten Commandments. How did you get here? Well, I got here under grace. Do you know what? Just having talked briefly there about God's character, I just can't imagine that it would have changed because, like you said, it would be almost like he was trying to figure things out upstairs. Like, oh, this doesn't work. Let me, like, change the dial here and wiggle this and adjust that and see if that'll work kind of a thing. And I just don't think he'd be making a mess of it quite like that. No, not at all. And maybe you've got some thoughts on this. Maybe you would like to tell us, did God have two standards of salvation? Were people in the Old Testament saved differently from people in the New Testament? You know what our number is, one 800 324 Three, and we need to come back and uh, look at our quiz as well, don't we? We need to put out. Yeah, do you want me to quickly give you another clue? Yeah, while we're talking about okay. phone numbers, here's clue number three. Mm-hmm. What city am I? Jesus was born in this city. Okay, in what city was Jesus born? If you know the answer, you know how to get in contact with us via Facebook or text 0491064669 or simply give us a call on 1-800-324-843. So that's our quiz question of the day. Getting back to where we were, let's read what it says here in verse 16. You know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ. Not because we have obeyed the law, for no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. I think that's pretty clear. It just said the word no ever. No one will ever. ever. But couldn't that, Monica, couldn't that be just, no one will ever be made right by the law from, from now on? Couldn't you read it that way? Well, I'll, that, I think you'd be putting extra words in there. I think you possibly could read it that way. But if you go on a little bit further, because Paul really expands on this whole concept. 
And if you go to chapter 3, there's so much good stuff in chapter 3. Can't wait to get to chapter 3. When we get to chapter 3, we've kind of already read half of it, but anyway. <laughs> okay, in verse 11, it says this, But that no man, no one, is justified by the law, that's made right by the law, in the sight of God, is obvious. For, what does the rest of that verse say? The righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. And if you look in your marginal reference, you will notice that when Paul makes that statement there, the righteous shall live by faith, he's quoting from the Old Testament. He is? He is. He is indeed. And so you simply go over to, um, in your margin right there, you find uh, chapter 3 and verse 11, and you'll find that the answer is in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4. So here's the point that Paul makes. He says, look, no one, and that's a blanket statement. You cannot read this one as no one from here on. He just says no one. No one ever. That includes all humanity. No one ever will ever be justified by works of the law. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to prove this to you. He says, it's obvious and I'll prove it to you because the Old Testament says the just shall live by faith. And he quotes from Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4. Have you got that there for us? I do. Yeah, thank you. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. There you go. Righteousness by faith. Okay, but this really, really makes me think, okay, you know, we just, we did read that, you know, what Paul says there in uh, in Galatians 2, and then I asked you about, you know, how come the Jews don't read this? And you said, well, they don't read the New Testament, but they read the Old Testament. And it's all there in the Old but Testament. it's right it? here yeah, in that's the Old right. Testament. Absolutely. Grace is in the Old Testament. Grace is, a, is, the, is, the, is the theme of the Old Testament in exactly the same way as it's the, it's the theme of the New Testament. The whole sacrifice of the Lamb, the innocent Lamb that had done nothing wrong, that dies in your place for your sins and takes your sins away from you, is justification, being made right, declared innocent by faith, by faith in the Lamb, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Now, do the do the Jews believe that, but they just don't seem to look like that? Like, is that well, we the can't idea? we can't make blanket statements about um, about Jewish people and Jewish faith. There are many different um, variations within Jewish faith, and also within Jewish believers as individuals. So, but they but they are so they are generally, trying to generally, earn it. Generally like, speaking, um, the, the Jewish keeping. religion is a um, is a salvation by works religion. This okay, is, so that's the general understanding yeah, that, general that they understand. do have to keep the rules in order to be saved. Let me say this. Mm-hmm. That's the general understanding of all religion outside of Christianity. Oh, wow. We're yeah. just talking about blanket statements. That's a pretty big one. Yeah. That's the general theme outside of Christianity is you do this and you do this and you do this and you will achieve this. Okay, yeah. You'll be so saved you have, or you enlightened have what, or You have what you, want to be, what, you're, what you want to achieve is achieved by doing da, 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 a list of things. Okay. Wow, and this is where this is where Christianity is the complete opposite and diametrically opposed to every other religion on the planet. Do you think that's why people might have a hard time understanding it because it's it's the one that the odd one out, so to speak? Yeah, we always like to be able to do things ourselves. We we we, we like to uh, solve our problems ourselves, and we like to have the focus on ourselves. That seems like a typical human condition. Thank goodness we have Jesus who saves us through His grace. We're now going to have a quick song break.
If the birds so free upon the breeze Neither sow nor reap Yet God provides for each of them All the things they need to eat If the birds so small and fragile Receive from God just what they need Why should you and I ever doubt His care We're more valuable than these Consider all the lovely flowers Swaying in the grass Solomon in all his glory Their beauty could not surpass If God adorns the fading flowers With such tender thoughtfulness Then why should we distrust Does he not care more for us? Why are you and I so worried? All his treasures, yours and mine He's never once forsaken us We can trust He won't this time So stop your faithless questioning Our needs are on His mind Just seek He first His kingdom Seek He first His kingdom All the rest he will provide already done isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real, and real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it a care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hey, welcome back to Love Matters. And here on Faith FM, you're with Neil Thompson. 
Here is today's question for you to ponder. Should I expect my partner to change first? Boy, now there are so many angles on this. Um, And, you know, is it that uh, there's a problem and there's a fight and a conflict in a relationship and he has to change first or she's the one who has to change because, of course, I wouldn't do anything wrong. You know, I'm Mr. Innocent. I'm Miss Sweetheart. There's nothing wrong with me. Um, You know, butter wouldn't melt in my mouth. I'm that cool, calm and collected all days. So the thing is, who should change? Well, Interestingly, there's some interesting research in this whole thing in, of looking at what happens in this space. If it's always the one person who makes up after a conflict or is the one who's always expected to change or to make things better or right or whatever it is, what will happen is over time, this will generate a little thing called an it's not fair flag. And the little it's not fair flag will get raised again and again and again. And there'll be a sense of injustice in the relationship. And it's just like kids playing in a playground. And the kid will instantly recognize, oh, it's not fair, miss, or it's not fair, sir, because he did this and he did that and he did this. And it's just not fair. Well, in relationship, there's an it's not fair meter as well. Now, no one should be keeping score in relationships. So if you're a scorekeeper, quit keeping score. Let go of it because if you start keeping score, you'll get bent out of shape. Guarantee it. You know, you're just like, yeah, well, you know, I did this, 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 and this. It's your turn. You know, get yourself off your backside and make it happen. You'll get bent out of shape and you'll start to see your partner as – Um, as an object, maybe as a loser, as whatever it is in your mind, and that's all just because you're keeping score. However, and it's a fairly big however, if you're the one who's always changing and always doing things, then you're going to get bent out of shape over time anyway. So what I'm saying is relationships are about two people. So two people need to be working to make it work. Two people need to be wanting to put energy and effort into making a quality relationship. I mean, that's just, it's what it's going to take. And if it's always one-sided, then someone's going to be feeling like, ah. So how do we get there? How do we actually get it so that it's more a two-sided equation? Boy, um, if it's not a two-sided equation, you're feeling bent out of shape, um, Maybe you're looking at therapy. Maybe you're looking at whatever it is. I don't know. In this space, what I would recommend you do is you need to just say, have a fun way of calling time out. So, you know, some people say the word saxophone. Some people actually just do the basketball thing and say, hey, time out, time out. Hey, you know, I'm just feeling like and just find a time where you can actually call time out and you can actually begin to talk about the quality of your relationship. Say, hey, I'm beginning to feel bent out of shape because I'm feeling like I'm doing all the work here and I'm feeling like it's not fair. And I'm just wondering what it is that we can do about that. If your partner is reasonable, then they would actually go, wow, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. What is it you need me to do? If your partner's unreasonable, then we need to talk some more. So you're on Faith FM, you're with Love Matters with Neil, and uh, we'll be right back after this with plenty more coming up here on Faith FM. 
to Faith FM. Guess what, Lyle? What? Someone got the quiz. Yes, they did. What was so the answer prize. they gave? They gave the answer, the answer Bethlehem Ephrata. 
Wait a second. What do you mean Bethlehem Esther? On my quiz sheet, it just says Bethlehem. Uh, yeah, but there was Bethlehem in Dan and there's also Bethlehem in Pennsylvania. So just in case you were a bit confused <laughs> about the prophecy, the prophecy was very, very specific and said, no, 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 no. This particular Bethlehem, this one right here, the city of David, is where Jesus, the Messiah, would be born, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. And our listener got it like super correct, not just correct. Yes, that's right. I yeah, th- we would have been happy with Bethlehem. What was his name? His guy? name was Stephen. Stephen, I think you'd like deserve two prizes for getting that specifically oh, correct. Generous now. <laughs> um, he also sent in this comment. I'm going to share Stephen's comment because it's a really good comment. Mm-hmm. Um, Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, Indeed, there is no one on earth who is righteous, no one who does what the what is right and never sins. He goes on, so he quotes that from Ecclesiastes 7.20. He goes on and he comments and he says, So even in the Old Testament, the idea of being saved by keeping the law is impossible. Amen. Yeah, I think I thought it was just really went really, really well with uh, what we were discussing from the book of Galatians. Fantastic book. Which is a relief because, you know, if we were saved by keeping rules, I, I would definitely not be in the kingdom. Yeah, I think we'd all just sort of give up like, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, move on. And uh, yeah, why bother? Amen. So what is our question for today? Question of the day. A listener has sent through this question. What does the Bible mean when it says we are not under the law? We're no longer under law. We are now under grace. And so to find the answer to that, we're going to go to the book of Romans. I'm looking up above me. and There's nothing above me right now. See what I did there? Because I'm mm-hmm. under grace. That's a terrible pun. <laughs> that was such a terrible pun. I didn't even get it there. I'm like, what is she talking about? What book okay. are we going to? We'll go to Romans. Romans. Okay. Okay, the Bible says, for, sh- for sin shall not have dominion. Oh, sorry, Romans 6 verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What does it mean to be under the law? And what does it mean to be under grace? Does this have something to do with what we were studying before? Yes, I think it. I think it's directly related to that, which is why the question has been asked. So, is, is it kind of just a different way of saying one we are trying to keep the rules, and one we acknowledge that Jesus paid for our salvation by dying, and therefore His grace is what saves us? The, yes, and the question, the reason this question often comes up is because people say, "Well, we're not under the law, therefore we don't need to keep the law, therefore we can break the law." But the only law that anyone's ever interested in breaking, of course, is the Sabbath, because no one wants to go killing, lying, cheating, stealing, etc. Mm-hmm. So, really, it's an objection to keeping the Sabbath, not the Ten Commandments per se. Okay. Uh, and so the, the the thing is, like, well, we're not under the law, therefore we are not under. It's interpreted to say, and people read into it, we are not under the obligation to keep the law. Okay. Now the Bible does not teach that. If you go to Romans chapter three and verse thirty-one, it says, "Do we make void or do away with the law?" Through faith, God forbid, we establish the law. So Paul says, "No, no, no, we're not doing away with the law." The obligation to keep the law is still there. It comes down to your motivation for keeping the law. Okay. If you're keeping the law to get saved, you're lost. If you are keeping the law because you are saved, that's what we all should be doing. Okay, so he's definitely saying we are definitely keeping the law, but keeping the law is not going to save you. Before I became a Christian, I was doing a fine job of breaking the law. I didn't need to become a Christian so I could keep breaking the law. I needed to become a Christian so that I could receive the grace of Jesus Christ so that I could stop breaking the law. So are we under anything now? We're under grace Amen. if we've been forgiven of our sins. I love being under grace. Uh, we're now going to take a quick break. Listening to Maranatha music, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Great is Thy faithfulness. 
here with our gift for the day. What are we giving away today, Monica? We are giving away a wonderful book. This has actually been made into a movie recently and it was just an absolutely astounding film. It is The Hero of Hacksaw Ridge, the gripping true story that inspired the movie. Yes, and of course, uh, Mel Gibson put out this movie, what was it, last year? And uh, just just a sensational um, story here of a man who was a conscientious objector to bearing arms. And so he entered the United States uh, military as a medic and, of course, faced intense persecution for refusing to bear arms. and From his own men. From his own men. Mm-hmm. And then uh, faced every effort that the United States Army could put forward not to allow him to go to... Um, the, the, the battle, the battlefield. Uh, they wanted to keep him in the United States, but he was like, "No, I want to be a frontline soldier." And uh, he ended up winning a uh, medal, medal of, of honor. honor. Yeah. yeah, I think it was was it the first or the only person who was a conscientious objector was the first. to win a medal of There's honor. There's been three, three okay, conscientious yeah. objectors who've won the medal of honor, but he was the first, and he paved the way for others who wanted to serve on the front lines, who wanted to serve their serve their country, but did not want to take human life. Okay, and this is uh, World War Two, right? Yes, World War Two um, in Okinawa, and uh, it's yeah. just an astounding book. And you know, it's it really 
I don't know, it just speaks to your heart about, you know, how we can work for the Lord. And I don't, I don't want to say the word be a hero for Jesus, but, you know, the way the Lord can use you in a big way in a seemingly impossible place. And out of all of the stories that I've ever read of anyone who's ever received either a Victoria Cross or a Congressional Medal of Honor, I have never read a story like this one. It is just mind-boggling how many lives this person saved, this man saved, in one action. Wow. Alone. And you can have this book for free. All you need to do is call 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us on 0491-064-669. Or jump on our Facebook, uh, Faith FM Australia, or even on our website, faithfm.com.au. Shoot us an email. And uh, if you're the first person in, we will send this to you free of charge. All yours to keep at home. So that's coming up. Uh, that's coming up right there. So make sure that you call straight away. Leave us your details. And of course, if you'd like to study more about the Bible yourself, if you have questions and you'd like to have those questions answered, then give us a call or send us a text or send us a message, and we'll make your question the question of the day right here on Faith FM, and we can answer it live for you right here. But if you'd like to know more yourself, then we can set you up with somebody to study the Bible with you, either. Uh, face-to-face, correspondence, online, and so forth. But at this time... Stay tuned for some more great programming and we'll be back tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news with The Breakfast Show.
thousand stories of what they think you're like But I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night And you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never Good father, it's who you are, it's who you are.